This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Seattle Seahawks went overtime with the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Raiders pick up their fourth one on the season to go four and seven. More importantly, the Seattle Seahawks now slip to six and five after 11 games and now a full game back of the division leaders, that being the San Francisco 49ers after the Niners 13 to nothing blanking of the New Orleans Saints. That makes six consecutive quarters now shut out football by the defense. The offense was Good just enough. We've talked about the gutty play of that of Jimmy Garoppolo, who got hit repeatedly but stuck in that pocket. It can't always be pretty with this guy. And he came up with the way I see it was a strong, strong character-building type performance. As uh, uh, And we'll find out because he took that scary shot to the knee. And I believe there was a penalty on, on the play. And he kind of called it dirty, too. And he said it wasn't the only hit in that game that may have you know, leaned that way. And we'll see, because usually it's one of those things that you wake up the next morning and you hope everything's okay. We'll find out how Jimmy's feeling, but some of the injuries, some key uh, setbacks. Elijah Mitchell goes down with yet another injury to the knee, a sprained knee. He could be out for a couple of weeks, although it's not the MCI sprain or MCL. The ex- it's not as severe as the MCL he suffered initially in the beginning of the season. But it is a sprained MCL again. It is another sprained MCL. Spencer Burford left the game in a boot today. And Christian McCaffrey not at 100% with the knee. So the injuries, which had subsided for a couple of games now, once again have reared their ugly head in plaguing the San Francisco 49er team as they head now into what I think is, up to this point, the game of the season. We talk about all the subplots here with Mike McDaniel, of course, the assistant, the guy who I think, you know, maybe he's the one, the, the, the brains behind that offense and sharing top billing with Kyle Shannon when you talk about that innovative running game and everything that the 49ers have been since the arrival of Kyle Shanahan and getting an opportunity to do it now with Miami, who was turned into a power out there in the AFC. I'll go as far as to say a potential, you know, Super Bowl preview. Uh, I have no problem saying that the 49ers are the best team in the NFC. Now, I know Philadelphia and Green Bay are trading haymakers as we speak, but I think the 49ers are the best team in the NFC, and I think anything of a, short of an appearance in this year's Super Bowl is going to be a disappointment, in my estimation. What if I told you that despite the weapons San Francisco has, my biggest concern for them is they may not be able to score enough 
to beat somebody like Philadelphia, to stay on the field with someone like Miami or Kansas City. And that Chiefs game was close until that fourth quarter happened in, in Santa Clara, but this Niners offense seems to miss countless opportunities every single game, whether it's red zone, whether it's third downs, which they've been better with McCaffrey in the fold. But even today, one for three in the red zone, Jimmy misses a guy, also missing McCaffrey uh, in the, the, the drive they got the field goal on. Like It just seems like they're missing too many opportunities. And day in, day out, game in, game out, it seems like they're, they're allowing the other team to stay in the game when they could be putting the kill shot in. Fair enough. I would answer it this way, that you're not going to win a shootout. You could, but I think that the defense is much better than anybody else's defense. Yes. So I don't think that you're going to have to worry about getting into a 35-30-42-40 shootout. Even if that is the case, the issue you have with the 49ers and the issue a lot of people have is trying to put this team in a box right now. Because it's the 49ers, and one of the reasons why I think they're the best team in the NFC is because they are ascending in the right direction. This isn't about leveling off and being 8-0 in October or early November. It's about where you're headed. And with this offense, and with all of these, as good as McCaffrey has been, has been, he's still assimilating to this offense. And I still think it can get even better from where it's at right now. And I do think that they have the capability of going blow to blow with the before mentioned. The one team, Sterling, that scares me, and I've said this and I've remained constant, is Kansas City. Yeah. That's the one team that you would say they're better than you, and you would have to say as much as I like the Niners and the way they're headed – I don't know that I can argue that. Well, I think they scare everybody. That's the issue. Is I don't think any team in the NFL looks at Kansas City and says, okay, we have a chance. Now, I will say this. If you would have asked this Niners team after the Falcons loss, hey, can you beat the Chiefs? You might have had a couple guys going, yeah, maybe. you know. But most guys would have said, probably not. Now you ask them, they 100% believe oh, hell yeah. they can beat the Chiefs. And I'd say bring that on. Yeah. Like that rematch, let's go. You may win this thing, and if it's a seven-game series like the World Series, maybe you win four of those games. But there's a good chance if it's one game, and it's early February, and we're playing for it all, that we could beat your ass. There is a that you should feel very comfortable with the 49ers, despite the win today. Don't get in the weeds and pick this thing apart and overreact. Although that's what you do. There's no nothing wrong with it. We're here for you, but you have to take the thirty thousand feet above approach and just look at this team. And where they're headed. The one thing that you have to guard against, and I said this going into this contest, the one thing you, me, or anybody else cannot control are the injuries. And that, today, there's a ratcheted level of concern, especially at the running back position. And just to reiterate, once again, Elijah Mitchell is going to be lost with a sprained MCL. I'm beginning to think as good as this guy is, you know, Sometimes these dudes, you know, you begin to, if, if there's enough of these injuries, at what point do you say, you know, I, I don't know if you, you've got the body and or the DNA of being an NFL football player and, and giving me a 17 full game season. Well, this is his, what, second season in the, in the NFL. He missed a chunk of last year with an injury, and he missed the majority of this year with an injury. I'm not saying he's injury prone, but... It seems like the running backs that Kyle Shanahan likes to rely on happen to be injury-prone running backs that have the elite, maybe, potential 
Christian McCaffrey's elite, right? But he was hurt for two straight years. Now, he already has knee irritation again. Now, could be nothing. Ice it. Move on. You're fine. But if Mitchell's out, doesn't that in return mean Christian McCaffrey has to take even more of the load? And in return, doesn't that also mean there's a higher chance he gets hurt? And if he's already banged up, that means, hey, Jimmy, go in me a game. And he's not always been that reliable in times like that. Well, the thing about Kyle Shanahan, and not to go after Kyle Shanahan after a victory today, but it's always, I'm going to run you yeah. until <laughs> the last thread on the tire is there. You know, like it's just, I'm going to run you and go to that well until that thing is bone dry. But that's why Mostert kind of came out today and said, I-, I was a little frustrated with how Kyle and the-, the coaching staff dealt with my injury. When he got hurt last year, they were saying, hey, we expect you back in eight weeks. And he was like, no, I need season-ending surgery. And they were like, no, no, we'll see you in eight weeks. And I think for him at that point, it was kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back of, I can't play, guys. My knee hurts. I have to have surgery. And I'm not saying Kyle is doing that this year. I'm just saying that it does feel like that he's going to run you until your legs give out. And unfortunately, while Mitchell is kind of a freak thing, his legs have not always been stable, and they've given out twice so far in his young career. Sterling, I maintain this before Christian McCaffrey took his first snap, that Elijah Mitchell, when he comes back, should be RB1. Yeah. Should be the primary back. Which he kind of has been. I know McCaffrey's played more, but it's basically the passing game. And so Mitchell is taking the brunt of the in-between-the-tackles attempts. We saw last week it was score early, let Mitchell take the load late in the game. But after a heavy load in Arizona, or I guess in Mexico City, he couldn't do that two games in a row, and that's what concerns me. And Kyle Shanahan being as brilliant as he is, and you know, listen, if he's driving home right now, he's listening to us, he's like, oh, look at this this coconut. What the hell does he know? I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm the guy. I'm I'm on so many levels of, ahead of you in terms of my bandwidth when it comes to football. But sometimes it's just overly simplistic that Christian McCaffrey almost looks as effective or more valuable in that slot. Yeah. And almost having a similar role like that of a Debo Samuel, where not just exclusive to jet sweeps or a gadget play, but just occasionally being in the backfield, as opposed to being a primary back and or splitting time. Because what's the one thing we know about this dude is that he's played in 10 games over the last two years. Yeah. And the one thing you got to guard against is usage. Yeah. And if you got Debo, if you got Kittle, and you got all this crap, why are, we, why are we watching him run and catch as frequently as he has? It's almost inevitable that you can write the script. At some point, this dude's going to blow a tire. That right there, to me, I think might be where maybe the consultant was kind of hinting towards of, again, he wasn't saying injuries, but what he was saying was Jimmy kind of forcing to go to the check down of, I don't want to throw a deep, hit my check down, right? And because he has McCaffrey, he's willing to do that more. What does that mean? More usage, more hits, more wear and tear. And now add in no Mitchell, does that mean Debo's in the backfield now? We know he hasn't always been healthy. He was hurt coming into the game and got hurt in the game. So you have two guys who will likely be your primary backs unless Jordan Mason, who looked really good tonight, can kind of pick things up. But you got Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. If they're your RB1, RB2, both those guys got hurt lower bodies, and they've shown that late in the year, once they take more hits, they may not be able to carry you into the playoffs year after year after year. And you have to win these games coming up. You have to continue to separate yourself to then give yourself cushion to where if a guy needs a game off, 
Take a game off. I will say this about Jordan Mason. <laughs> I'm a big guy. I'm a big eyeball guy. Like yeah. when I, I'm an optics guy. And I'll, I'll come full disclosure. The first time I saw Trey Lance throw a football, I'm like, yuck. <laughs> I'm, and then, then I had to be patient. I'm like, well, come on. Everybody's talking this dude up. And I I spit twice. I'm like, I, I don't like a hitch. I like dudes who just have that Joe Montana release. I love the quarterbacks. You like just... the guys, leather helmets, the big balls, right? <laughs> <laughs> the leather helmets, they didn't throw the football. Yeah. They, even, you know, they were drop kicking the football. But when it comes to running backs, man, I look at this guy. Like Trey Sermon was another hard swallow. Like, this dude is just, he's clunky. I'm telling you, this Jordan Mason eyeball test, Brandon, I haven't seen much of him. He looks like a boy. He so, looks like a running back. So I was at training camp this year, and let me tell you, many days I was there, he looked like running back number one. Now, before McCaffrey was here, obviously, but and Mitchell wasn't practicing, but he looked better than Trey Sermon, who's not here anymore. He looked better than Jeff Wilson Jr., who's not here anymore. And he looked even better than your third-round pick, Ty Davis Price, who can't even be on the active roster right now. So Mason may not be the special guy, but he can be a guy. And right now you need one of those guys. He looks, um, he just looks strong. He looks like he's got some speed. The only concern is that if you're going to rely on a young rookie quarterback out of Georgia Tech and you're getting into, as we flip the calendar to December and the game's become that much more magnified, Young man, you can't put the ball on the ground. And that's just sometimes, you know, the veterans just know how to secure a football. They understand the level of importance. And that's the one thing, if you're going to entrust a young running back that as good as you might be, I would rather have you be more conservative with the football than at times give me the big play. Because you can't turn the ball over, especially – as these games become that much more magnified and or important. Turnovers will dictate who wins or loses football games going forward. Right, and that's what we talked about today, where Garoppolo didn't throw a pick. He almost did, got called back, but he didn't throw one, which could have been maybe the the turning point of this game. If he throws that pick, that's a near pick six, that gets the Saints within six points, and that gives them a whole half to get back and take the lead. They don't do that, obviously. He gets called back. Your defense holds the pick gets called back, but what lost Matt Breida his job? Fumbles late in the season in 2019. Not to say he single-handedly cost him the Falcons game in 2019, but at that game, at that point, Kyle Shanahan said, you're not playing anymore. I, I can't trust you to carry the football. And if you're a young kid like Jordan Mason, who was trying to prove himself to Kyle Shanahan, there's a reason they picked him over Trey Sermon. There's a reason they picked him over Jeff Wilson Jr., this is his chance to prove himself, and how do you do that? Control the football and hold on to it in pivotal games late in the year. Well, we'll find out the level, the extent of the injury to that of Christian McCaffrey. If nothing else, hopefully this is the shot across the bow and that Kyle Shanahan can recognize, you, maybe I don't necessarily need to run him as often as I am, run him as a running back and then get him. If he was just exclusively your slot receiver, a long splitting time with Jawan Jennings, who, by the way, great game today. Yeah, as often as we want to give out game balls and recognize the all Pro Bowl performers on this team, and it starts with Kittle, it goes through Debo, and we talk about Christian McCaffrey, and the list goes on and on. We overlook Jawan Jennings, and Jawan Jennings is a man's man when it comes to wide receivers. He's a dog. That, that young man likes contact. 
He is a prototypical wide receiver for that of Kyle Shannon, what the 49ers want to do. You want to play wide receiver for the 49ers? Like, as much as I like this Chris Olave kid out of Ohio State, the one knock on him is that he doesn't like contact. You might be good, kid. You can't play for the Niners because the first thing you got to do is that you got to block downfield. What was the biggest knock on Michael Crabtree? He hated going over the middle. Juwan Jennings loves it. He wants to get hit. Today, on the drive they scored that touchdown, he had three catches, two for first downs, one was on third and ten, and of course caught the touchdown. That's coming up clutch. Who caught the touchdown pass from Debo Samuel week 17 last year to get the offense going? Juwan Jennings. He's clutch, and he comes through all the time when he when, when he's needed. They call him, what is it? Third and Juwan. Third and Juwan. I like it. And he's just a, he's one he he's a guy that <laughs> he's got that grit, man. That's what you're looking for. Seventh round pick player. out of Tennessee. Too. There you go, man. I want to talk about his touchdown pass because I think this fits into sort of the Jimmy Garoppolo narrative. I'll, I'll tell you this: maybe you and I can go back and forth on this. I I thought that that was a beautiful pass by Jimmy Garoppolo. I know a lot of people. I was listening, you know, to to talk shows driving in, and people were talking about how that was a lucky pass. I think that was a tremendous play on the part of Teron Matthew and the Honey Badger just to get his hand on the thing. But the trajectory, where that was headed, it's not as though they're, they're making it sound as though it went through the hands right. of Teron Matthew <laughs> right. and ended up in Juwan Jen. Teron Matthew had to leap as high as he could to get a ball that was perfectly placed. And even though he got the deflection, I still put that on Jimmy Garoppolo as a good touchdown pass. People have an issue the fact that it was deflected and caught by Juwan Jennings. Two things can be equally true at once. Yes, there was luck involved with the tip and the catch for Jawan Jennings. But Jimmy put that ball basically where it needed to be. Matthew makes a great play. Yes, it gets tipped up, but Juwan catches the football in bounds, gets you an even further lead in the game. But it, that was a great ball to me. And, and I do think that there have been plenty of times this year where that's happened to Jimmy. I think last against the Cardinals last week, same thing. Left sideline, almost in the end zone. Juwan misses the ball, fingertips. That's a greatly put ball. It was just good defense. And while those things don't show up on the stat sheet where it just says incomplete, it's those misses that you're like, it was almost there. Like that's that's the difference in winning and losing a game. Inches, fingertips. And today that happened to fall in San Francisco's favor. And today it also happens to make Jimmy Garoppolo, in my opinion, look pretty good. Jimmy Garoppolo throws the touchdown pass. That's 16 on the season now against just the four interceptions. One of the highest, what is he, number three, I think, in uh, quarterback rating. I know not QBR as we go nerdy on you here, but he's like, <laughs> he's 104. Or he's, he's over 100, I want to say, on the season. Or is that a bit is that a bit of a reach? It's probably a bit of a reach, but I, I, he's definitely top five, I think. Yeah. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo, as you know, if you ever listen to the show, I mean, this is your most consistent star player on the 49ers week in and week out. And Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL this year. As ridiculous as that might sound, Jimmy G is a guy that you can have Josh Allen and you can Patrick Mahomes, put them in a tier above. But after those two and Lamar Jackson, maybe, if you want to throw Joe Burrow in there, although Joe Burrow at times can be very pedestrian, Jimmy Garoppolo is right there. And so if you're talking about a top five quarterback that's on your football team right now, I think the 49er fans would take that seven days out of the week. But for whatever reason, the preconceived bias when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo is there. It's never going to leave. And I know 
the minute he throws that pick or the minute they lose a game and he is, in their estimation, underwhelming, they will come out in droves. As of right now, crickets. But they're there, rest assured. I do want, again, for those of you that are just joining us, preview that big contest against the Miami Dolphins. If we're just to sort of take a look at this and just sort of give you the early matchup and sort of the keys to victory, right up there with culture as far as the most overused phrases when it comes to professional sports. But as we look at this game, man, the emotion, we talked about the players that are familiar with the Niners. We, you, Mostert, if he's on that field, is going to go nuts. Jeff Wilson, there's an asterisk next to this game. You know McDaniel doesn't want to lose. You know Shanahan doesn't want to lose this thing. It is going to be the tension prior to kickoff is going to be unlike anything we have seen thus far this year. What do the 49ers have to do to beat Miami? Well, I think the one thing that comes to mind would be you have to match them offensively. They're quick. They're fast. Terry Kill, Raheem Mostert, if he does play, Jalen Waddle. This is a team that can score instantly. I mean, one play. Like, Terry Kill can score 99 yards in one play. Like, he, he's someone that, and Niner fans know this now, having lost to the Chiefs in 2019, he's, da- he's arguably the most dangerous weapon in football. That's how good he is, at least to me. I think he's a top five receiver. I think what he possesses in speed, I think that separates him from everybody else. No one else has Tyreek Hill type speed. And I don't know if this defense can, one, stay with him, but also they have a tendency to over-pursue. We saw it against the Chiefs big time. We've seen it plenty of times against the Cardinals in the past or past with Kyler Murray and James Conner and Rondell Moore and guys like that. So I do wonder if it's the speed that changes the game for Miami against San Francisco. But what's the one thing that can nullify speed and someone like that of a Tariq Hill, especially if he wants to get down the field? Well, you you need, you're not the quarterback on his ass. Yeah. You need some time to throw the football. And the 49ers get after quarterbacks as well as anybody. And I think that this, like just about every game, is going to be one up front in the trenches. I do, I'm with you, that offensively, you wonder where the 49ers are at yeah. as they showed signs of heading in one direction last Monday night. I give them the pass on this short week, Thanksgiving, the fact that you played out in Mexico. And not only that, when they arrived at their hotel in Mexico, yeah. it was like Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls of like 1998. I mean, there was a reportedly like, like 5,000 people that were waiting for the 49ers. Well, you think there was what? The... The arena holds, the stadium holds 83,000 people. 71 were Niner fans. I mean, just, just the emotion. It's And as much as you want to guard against a letdown and a trap game, you can say that as much as you want. But as human beings, it's just there's the natural course of action is that you, you're you not going to be playing at that same optimal level as you were against Arizona simply because it's Arizona and simply because uh, of just the emotional sort of you know air that's been let out of the room. So I do give them a pass in that regard at some of some of the mistakes that we saw this week offensively, I think has to do with what was a week that was just sort of unmatched. In fact, typically the team that plays internationally is given the option of having their bye yeah. after that game. But the 49ers taking into account, well, it's just Mexico. Well, you know, they're the first team, I think, in recent memory after, you know, playing outside of the country to play the following week. And and I think you saw it today. I think you just saw a team that at times just did not have that same high level of energy. 
It can't be that way against Miami, and I don't think it will. And I think what you're going to see is all that stardom that we saw against Arizona pick right up where it left off. The big question again becomes the injuries. We have to find out tomorrow the extent of the injury to Christian McCaffrey. Did McCaffrey come back in? He did, yeah. He did come back in. Limited, but yeah. And Jimmy Garoppolo. And then, of course, what are you doing at the running back situation? Because it, you know, I, I, <laughs> I have no issue. If you, if you were to wake up tomorrow and Kyle Shannon was to say, breaking news, Christian McCaffrey is now relegated to being just exclusively a wide receiver. I, I'm fine with that. Well, then at that point, it's Jordan Mason and Ty Davis Price in the backfield. And I wouldn't want that. And occasionally Debo and Christian McCaffrey, right? Which both guys are hurt. But Debo has a hamstring injury, which cost him part of the game today. It almost cost him the entire game during pregame warm-ups. And McCaffrey has knee irritation. So I get what you're saying, and I think I agree with most of it. With McCaffrey might be better suited as your main slot receiver. Slot receiver, running the football, just not running it as frequently. Right. Same with Debo. Not as many carries as McCaffrey, but a guy that occasionally is going to get a handoff, going to get the jet sweep, whatever, or the long handoff, as they like to say when they throw that quick out. But if he's relegated exclusively to that role, I think everybody should be comfortable with it because it's not as though we couldn't see Trey Lance. I mean, I said it, and I'm not some genius. I'm sure a lot of people said Trey Lance is going to eventually get hurt if he continues to run the football as frequently as against Chicago. Trey Lance is going to get hurt if he continues to run the football like this. Does it bother you how many hits Garoppolo took today? Like, my mind takes Hell me, yeah! Well, my mind takes me to the red zone where they fourth down, they're going forward, and I think we all could agree that that was the right move at the time. If you don't make it, they have to go 99 yards to score on you. It's a good move, right? But then they do this design play to Kittle that doesn't work, and then Jimmy Garoppolo's like, okay, there's no one to throw to out of the football. I'm going to scramble and takes two big hits in a row. Yeah, I don't like that. that. That's putting a quarterback that has a history of injury, which was the reason you wanted to replace him in harm's way over and over and over again. But that was pretty much on Jimmy, though. Jimmy, that wasn't a design run. No, it wasn't. But yeah. the point is, is that you're putting a play out there that doesn't work for whatever reason why, whether it was the Saints defense reacting the right way or bad play call by Kyle Shanahan. I don't like getting my quarterback in harm's way. Even, even if you're Mahomes or Allen, this slide, take don't take a hit, but it's two yards away. you got to fight for the touchdown. And it's Jimmy who, quarterback sneak god, if you can call him that, but it's like, I just didn't like that play. All right, we wrap up the show. We come back. Are you with me? Is this the best team in the NFC? Are you still with the 49ers going to a Super Bowl this year? Where are you at with San Francisco long-term as we get ready for Miami? Sterling Bennett, Dan DeVoe, wrap up the show on 95.7 The Game after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. I want winners. Now back to 95.7 The Game. And you got him, Mike Singletary. Sterling Bennett and Dan Avon, winners, 49ers, winners today as they take care of the New Orleans Saints. 13-0 is the final score. The 49ers now a full game in front of the Seattle Seahawks who lose to Las Vegas. Raiders potentially a surprise and one of those teams you've got to be weary of in the second half of the season. They feel like a team that wins six games then the season and spoils like three teams' playoff hopes. And you're just like, oh, okay, like we'll give McDaniel a second season to work with it and give Carr another year. But you're just like, they're not going to be a good team, but they do seem like a team that picks things up late and some, somehow, hopefully not San Francisco's, but they do spoil some teams' playoff hopes this year. Yeah, don't forget, coming up on New Year's Day. Can't wait. The 49ers will take on Las Vegas, and they'll do that out there in Sin City. The, the Raiders, Raider fans, if you want to get in on our postgame show, Ah, go to hell. No, no, we'll we'll take your calls. The best part of the Niners schedule coming up, they do not play a single game the same time as the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> it's been killing me all year where I have to work a Warrior game then also work Niner games. I love both teams, whatever, but it's like, thank God they don't work at the same time. Sterling, of course, takes care. What's your official title with the Warriors? The Warriors Network Coordinator. He is the network coordinator. The, the shows don't happen without my man. And so not only does he have to do the Warrior games, but obviously, you know, he does shows here and then for post-game shows. So what time did you get here today? I was here at 10 in the morning. 10 in the morning. Yeah. It is now. We're closing in on (laughs) 8 o'clock at night. And the man is an absolute trooper doing the Warriors, who, by the way, come up big winners today, waxing Minnesota. Seems to Things seem to be healthy out there with the Warriors as they take care of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Any thoughts on the Warriors today? I just think the T-Wolves aren't a good team. Gobert and Towns were awful. Towns even got hurt, hurt his knee in the game. Hopefully he's going to be healthy. But Golden State, they're going on their run right now. Here we go. Yeah, they look a little bit different. They 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 look like a team that just, do again, doing the eyeball test. It looks like the ball is moving again. And they look like they look like the Warriors yeah. as opposed to what we saw. I don't know what the hell that was the first month of the season. It was like the Warriors and Kings flip-flop for a little bit. So the San Francisco 49ers are winners today over the New Orleans Saints. And the question I teased going to the break is, is this the best team in the NFC? I think that they're going to a Super Bowl. Where are you at with Philadelphia? Which apparently seems to be the consensus as of, well, and the record dictates as much. They've only lost one game. But do they scare you as far as being that team that gets in between you and a Super Bowl this year? I do think that they hold something that maybe other, you know, kind of 
fake faux number one seeds like the Titans last year. What was their big knock? They can't protect Tannehill and they can't get sacks. What does Philadelphia do very well? They control the line of scrimmage. They protect Jalen Hurts and they can still get sacks. That's the one area I do think that does concern me if San Francisco does indeed play them, whether it's in Philadelphia or in Santa Clara. I do think they control the line of scrimmage so well, and they have like four defensive tackles that can play run defense. Sue, Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis will get healthy. Like They have seven guys that can play run defense, defensive tackle, and that's San Francisco's bread and butter, so if they do indeed play them, I think Philadelphia might be the favorite in that game by more than a field goal. I don't know why I don't buy Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm not buying Nick Sirianni, and I'm 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 not all the way in on Jalen. That's for Hurts. Frank Reich. Yeah, right. That's for Frank Reich. Uh, Philadelphia is just a, it's a different market altogether. Um, the text line's coming in with some Warriors knowledge, and I know Warrior fans want to get into Golden State. Warriors officially back on the road with another win. Yeah, you know what, man? I, I have that same feeling that this this team just it looks right. Yeah, It looks right and it feels right when it comes to the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors right now, and with Wiggins being two-way Wiggs again, and the defense. Just, Clay's hitting shots. Clay's back. Pool's picking things up. Which is just beautiful because all of us, yours excluded, uh, yours truly being excluded, <laughs> had, had Trey out of town. And then, of course, uh, you know, you wanted to get rid of James Weissman. Not you specifically. Everybody right. wanted to get rid of James Weissman and Kaminga. Did Kaminga have a big game? I didn't see the game yet. He played okay. He wasn't the big. He wasn't the big contributor, but he had three or four dunks today. You know, he looked like the explosive coming we've seen, even in short spurts. All right. Well, we'll save the Warriors post game show, but we're going to wrap things here <laughs> talking about the San Francisco 49ers. So, I, I get it. Philadelphia is a good football team, and I sort of have fun at their exp- at their expense. But my my tagline with them is they got to win some big games. They have got to. And not that their schedule dictates that they're going to play anybody that's worth a damn, but I need to see them win a playoff game. Right. I need to see Jalen Hurts do it in the big lights, on the big stage. What's the one thing that he, as a player, hasn't been able to do? At Alabama, at Oklahoma, he had, personally, he has not been able to win that big game. So I do wonder, when the lights are bright, whether in Philadelphia or wherever they play, can he be the same quarterback he is now when it's Week 12 and you're playing the Packers against Rodgers with a broken thumb and a, and a bad offense. Yeah, and, he, you know, I think about Lamar Jackson and how underwhelming he is in the postseason. He's looked bad this year. Yeah. Like, he ain't he ain't getting paid what he wants anymore. He was earlier, but not anymore. Did he have a bad game today? Yeah. He looked pretty good. He's in bad the last three weeks. Wow. I mean, I, I just – I think that when it comes to this time of the – I don't I, – I really do not get caught up in what guys are doing and flash during the regular season. I want to go to war with guys when it's cold out, and I know that you've been there, done that, and this game isn't going to get too big for you, and your eyes aren't going to get glazed over, and you're going to start, like, urinating yourself. Or as my man AI used to say, you know, your ass cheeks get tight on me. Like, don't do that. And you just never know until you get in that moment. And Sirianni and all those boys out there in Philadelphia, including Jalen Hurts, you know, you're reading your press clippings right now, but we'll see. We'll see as we as we go forward. We're wrapping up the show, but we will take another call. We Wiser's standing by. Let's get out to Wiser's hanging out in Hunter's Point. Hunter's Point, of course, the location 
What is the candlestick right now, my man Wiser? What's the, is there anything there or is it just rubble? Well, no, they finna tear it down, man, and they finna build condos, man. You know, the rich trying to buy the point, man, but, you know, that's it's still Hunter's Point. It's still old school Hunter's Point. No, nah, but, dude, you know the point's gentrifying, man. They're, 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 like, changing over there. They're getting, you know, the neighborhood's, yeah. the neighborhood's been changing over the last couple of years. Yeah, they've been doing a lot of changing, man. But listen, come on, you know it's old school. There's no man. Hunter's point is Hunter's point, man. You, it, I, you know, it's the air, so you can only say so much, man. But you got to leave those people alone, man. Let us, let us cheer, <laughs> like that. What's up, man? But, yeah, check this out. Let, let me give y'all some wise words. The 49ers got the best gift in the world that just happened today. Honestly, that was Vegas beating Seattle. That puts them a game up. Now check this out. If the 49ers can. Uh, um, end up losing just two more games. It, it's probably going to end up happening. They go four and two in these last games. They'll probably win the division at eleven and six, as long as one of those wins is against Seattle. So, if I was the Forty ers to be honest, as crazy as it may sound, Miami's going to be a tough out. I would just go ahead on and rest McCaffrey, rest Debo, let them get their rest, and just let uh, Ayuk, let Jennings. Let Debo, I mean, Ayuk Jennings, and let Kittle do whatever they can do. Bring in Mason and bring in uh, a Price. Let them do whatever they can do, and just just chill. You might can sneak out a win. You never know because the defense is playing lights out. The defense is playing lights out because you want to look at the future ahead of you. But if they go four and two, and long as one of those wins is Seattle, and then they will win the division at eleven and six, and then going into that playoffs. Everybody know, and I'm a diehard 49ers. Forty years know that they're hard to beat in that playoffs. Wiser, don't move, man. Don't move because those are wise words. Because typically, the average fan is living for the here and now. They're not thinking about long term plans. But that is that's some rational thought that don't get caught in the weeds or in the trees with Miami and all the headlines with Tom Brady. Think about what matters, and that's winning the division and getting in the damn dance because that's all that matters. Wiser. So I'm assuming your football knowledge with the Niners out there in the stick, you go back in the day. Where are you putting Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of his legacy with 49er quarterbacks in the tradition that is Joe Montana and Steve Young? He's not in that category yet. I mean, because, listen, they were never in the category, get rid of Steve, get rid of Joe, get rid of Steve, get rid of Joe, get rid of Steve. They all had their struggles, but they were always solid. It was some bad years for Steve Young, but he was always solid. Then you had what Garcia, you had um, uh, um, what uh, the other in 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 between Steve Bono, you had Drunken Miller, and all those people that was trying to you know. But they, you know, he with Garoppolo, we want to get rid of, him. we want to throw him to the wolves, then we want to keep him. So he's okay, but he's not in the conversation with Steve Young, and he's not in the conversation with Joe Montana. We haven't had a quarterback that was in that conversation. Cap Kaepernick could have been. But, you know, they didn't keep it around long enough. I guess one knee would get you in trouble. <laughs> Wise words. Wiser, thank you so much. Yeah, well, I wasn't necessarily putting him in that category. I'm sort of curious because, listen, I don't think there's ever going to be another Steve Young no. and Joe Montana. No. no. Uh, not in my lifetime. Not Trey Lance. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, that ain't happening. But I'm just wondering how he falls in terms of, you know, how we perceive him with the – with which is thought of as one of the two iconic positions in professional sports. Well, it's funny because Niner fans, they remember this probably better than anybody else. Like, they know the quarterback controversy better than most organizations do. Yeah. Because, again, Young, Montana, Smith, Kaepernick, like, 
Smith lost his job because of concussion, not because he played bad. And Kaepernick jumped in, took his job, and then Kaepernick, despite you know all the conversation around him, one of the biggest knocks on him on the field was he didn't want to improve. He didn't want to study. He didn't want to get in there and do the dirty work to improve his mechanics mm. or or improve the accuracy. And so I think why Niner fans might feel the need to kind of, you know, take a jab at Jimmy or, you know, kind of knock him for certain things is that when he came here in 2017, he showed promise of being the next big thing. More than Kaepernick could be or more than Alex Smith should have been being picked number one overall. It got ripped away from them immediately. 2018, gone. 2019 comes back, you're thinking, here's our guy again, here's our franchise quarterback. Magical year, then things fall apart towards the end. And then 2020, what happens again? Injuries. And it feels like every time Jimmy Garoppolo is about to cement his legacy as the third greatest quarterback in Niners history, it crumbles in the last second. I think that's where fans have their biggest gripe with him. That's a good point. And you mentioned a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Alex Smith. And a lot of people sort of gloss over Alex Smith and what was really a, a curious career here with the 49ers. As you mentioned, coming out of Utah, the number one pick, he's a bust. But Alex Smith, for six years, six years, yeah. a starting quarterback, void of any serious injuries. Right. Pretty much six full seasons. With the shoulder. Yeah, the shoulder. But he had... Six different coordinators, yeah, a multitude of head coaches, and it wasn't until year seven, Jim Harbaugh comes on campus, everybody felt as though it was a foregone conclusion that finally we're moving off Do you know how Alex Smith. You know how Smith kept his job? Talk Jim, to me. Jim Harbaugh came to the Niners facility and said, I want to meet with him. I want to play catch with him. Yeah, that's right. To, to see what kind of player he is, see who he is as a person. They play catch, they have a conversation, he goes... That's my guy. God, that's good knowledge. Uh, that is so – I forgot all about that. How do you remember this stuff? It's my life. <laughs> it's my life. That is an absolutely <laughs> great stick. Yeah, and he and it was funny because everybody thought it was just, you know, it was word salad, whatever, Harbaugh. You're saying the right thing. We knew, Who's the next quarterback going to be? Come on, right. just tell us because it went on through the whole offseason. Nate he goes, Davis. He says, that, that's my – I'm going – Yeah. Alex Smith is my guy. And it wasn't until year seven – that Alex Smith suddenly looked like that guy they had drafted some six years ago. My point in all of that is, Jimmy Garoppolo, while we want this preconceived bias and the narrative is, this is who he is. Yeah. Mike Florio, I guarantee you tomorrow, will tell you, oh, the Niners are good, but Jimmy Garoppolo's going to throw that stupid-ass pass. Or <laughs> you cut the sound for me the other day. Right, did, Colin yeah, Coward, you'll hear from all of these guys. Nick Wright will tell you who he is because that's who he is. Alex Smith went six years in this league before he got it. But we won't allow Jimmy Garoppolo in what is his third season as a full-time starter as far as playing a full season. Just his third year playing, and it, we're, you know, fingers crossed that he plays to the finish line this year. But he has not played an entire season. Only two years prior, he's been able to accomplish that feat. Yet we already know who he is. Yeah. But no allowances of this guy actually getting better. And I find it so unusual that while Alex Smith is right under our nose is a perfect example of a guy that not only, and listen, he never was, he never, of course, 
he never met the expectations of being a number one pick. But he certainly was a lot better. Played a decade plus. Had his career shortened. He would have played, probably still playing now. It's like... I went to playoffs with Kansas City, but you understand my thinking when it comes yeah. to Jimmy Garoppolo. But here's the thing, though, is that there's context. Jimmy's had Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch. True. The only difference, the only different thing he's had is maybe some offensive line movement and a quarterback coach change. That's the only movement he's had as a player. And so... Okay, I'm kicking you out of the house, but keep going. <laughs> right. But that being said, it, what we've seen from Jimmy this year, there has been a little... Whether it's to prove to other teams I can be your guy or it's to tell this team I can still be your guy, there does seem to be maybe a driving force behind his play that isn't just I want to win games. It's that I can be your franchise quarterback still despite what you might think of me or who I have been in the past. This is who I can be for you in the future, and I'm going to prove that to you now. And I think with Jimmy Garoppolo is that you're seeing growth, and it's subtle. But when he's throwing balls away. Three times a day did it. Living to see another day. That to me is, that's significant. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you, we talked about Harbaugh. Do I love Jimmy? (laughs) Secretly. Do you see maybe some Harbaugh qualities in Jimmy Garoppolo? Because my mind thinks of a picture of what's the first thing that comes to mind when you see Jim Harbaugh? In a quarterback. It's pounding Alex Smith's shoulders, smacking the head and saying, I believe in you, go out there and get him. Wow, that's a great point. And so with Jimmy, I think he kind of has that mentality with his teammates of, I'm going to smack your shoulders and tell you I believe in you and go out there and get him. I may not be the best coach or the best quarterback, but I'm going to consistently instill uh, confidence in you that you can go out there and do this. Wow, how he would how he might have blossomed under Harbaugh as opposed to Kyle Shanahan. That is a great point. Before we get out of here, let's get out to Chuck, who's standing by out in Pleasant Hill. Chuck Walter? 888-957-9570. Chuck, are you on TV for CBS here in San Francisco? What's up, Chuck? Chuck, you got Chuck, you gotta talk into your uh, phone in order for this to work. Maybe it's Frank Magoo. <laughs> Chuck in Pleasant Hill. We had to ring you up. <laughs> Try again, my man. See how this works is that you call 888-957-9570, but when we put you on, you got to say something. Otherwise, you know, I can't I can't pretend to understand what it is that you wanted to say. I think that's a that's a brilliant point. It be that's just and I don't blame Kyle Shanahan because you got to be who you are. Right. Because people can read through crap, right? right? Chuck, I think, is trying again. Well, what's the one thing that they tell us on the radio? Be who you are. Yeah. People can tell just by your voice how fake you are. Exactly. And I think that Kyle Shannon, that's who he is. He's not, although I think he does, I, I think he's a player's coach, but it's sort of behind the scenes. Well, did you see last week against the Cardinals? Or I'll take you back to last year against the Bears. Niners are 3-5. and five. They got to turn this thing around, right? And you see Kyle screaming at Jimmy like, out of desperation, please, let's get this thing figured out. Last week, goes over to him with the iPad and is like, hey, try this instead. Like, there seems to be that, and even Jimmy kind of said it yesterday, that they aren't perfect, but they're getting there. And many fans have said that might be greasy, the, the quarterback coaches kind of bridging the gap in between their two personalities. All right, we, we'll take, you know, there's a, there's a, before we take the caller to that point, and it'd be just nice to see somebody, you know, it'd be nice to see him give a pat on the back and say, hey, man, good job. 
But he throws the pick, right? And he's chasing down Davis, who had the interception. Yeah. And he, I, I don't know if Jimmy may have made the tackle, ran him out of bounds. And as he's going back, Kyle Shanahan's standing right there. And this is before they knew there was, there was laundry on the field, that there was a flag. And it was almost as if Jimmy's like, sorry, coach. Did you see what happened? What happened? Kyle Shanahan said, I'm just, obviously, I don't know right. this verbatim, said, it's okay, patted him on the ass. So we talk about Jimmy's growth as a quarterback. Maybe there's some growth there with Kyle. Because Kyle was – you don't see that typically with Kyle, especially after an interception that was pretty ill-advised. It's kind of like when you come home late, when you sneak out of your house and your mom's sitting there, where have you been? And you just hand her the keys and walk away, and she's like, give it a week and I'll give you the keys back. Wow. Good stuff, man. <laughs> Not my mom. It wasn't mom. It was my dad. Right, right. <laughs> Mark. Let's get out to Coach Mark hanging out and wants to get in on the 49ers. What's going on, Mark? Or coach, I'm sorry. No disrespect. <laughs> How y'all doing? What's up? Not much, man. Just heading back up to Clear Lake right now. Clear Lake, what's the temperature in the lake right now? Can I go water ski right now in Clear Lake, or would I freeze my butt off? Oh, dude, it's 26 degrees in the morning. You don't want to be in that lake. <laughs> oh, why do you think I come down to the bay every weekend? <laughs> Yeah, I thought swimming in the bay at 52 degrees was cold, but I ain't doing 26. What's going on, Coach? What's on your mind? Not much, man. I was listening to you guys on the way back, and I love your analysis with Jimmy and the Shanahan offense and how we're going forward. And you guys are saying things that I don't hear any of these professional analysts talking about. I love your guys' insights. I love your show. It's absolutely amazing. Well, thanks so much. Is that what you called to say? Well, I want to talk about the upcoming schedule for the Niners and the true test. And, you know, I'm a Jimmy believer, but he's got some flaws going forward. And, you know, he's got to start, you know, the Shanahan offense is not designed for the deep ball. You were talking about that earlier. And my question is, to you guys, who really is our deep threat? You know, we had Emmanuel Sanders, who Jimmy overthrew in the Super Bowl, but... The Shanahan offense really doesn't call for the deep threat. Yeah, that's a good question. And thanks for the call, Coach, and thanks for the words. Really appreciate it. Danny Gray? Supposed to be. He ain't active. Well, he actually was today, but he ain't getting playing time. Yeah, Danny Gray, when you got your one shot, you were sort of underwhelming. But, yeah, I I think that uh, it's a good point. But, again, I don't know if it's necessarily speed because – You'd like to have Tariq Hill on the outside. but It's about separation. Yeah. And I will say San Francisco does have one of the best separators on offense, Brandon Ayuk. Now, is he better utilized on screens and cutbacks in the red zone? Probably. But it's not like he can't take a deep shot. And even today, Jimmy pointing, go, go, go. Yeah. And Ayuk's like, I can't have any space. And like, there, there is there – is, Jimmy and Ayuk are trying to do that, but sometimes you miss. Jimmy missed against the Cardinals. Like, they're taking shots. But I do want to point back to the upcoming schedule because we've talked about Miami and Tampa Bay. San Francisco is currently 4-0 in the division. If you beat the Cardinals again, you're 5-1, even if you lose to Seattle. And the tiebreaker then goes to Seattle, but they're 6-2 in the conference. If they lose against the Dolphins and you beat the Bucs and you beat the Cardinals and you beat the Washington... None of that matters. All you got to do is finish well in your conference and well in your division. Seattle right now, they're 2-1 and in, in the division. Like, there's a chance they finish 2-4. and four. 
Like the season's far not over yet, but San Francisco has house money right now. Good point. Before we get out, let's just give me Kyle hanging out in San Francisco. Wants to get in on Jimmy G. Kyle, you're our last caller. Finish strong, my man. A lot of pressure. Hey, guys. Uh, one of you in the like most recent maybe five minutes said something about uh, Jimmy not flourishing under Kyle like he could under Jim Harbaugh. I just noticed in the game that they showed a stat that Jimmy had more wins in his first 60 appearances than uh, Steve Young and Joe Montana did. So I figured, you know, that's, I'm not a big Jimmy fan, but that's flourishing in my opinion, isn't it? Yeah, I think, look, I think everyone can say Jimmy Garoppolo is a winner. Like, what's the one topic of conversation of why do you keep him? Well, he wins games. But I also think you can't teach winning. Winning is something that you're kind of born with, but also it's something that, like when Jimmy Garoppolo walks into the room during press conferences, Infectious. your eyes look and you're like, who's that? Because it makes you buy into every single thing he's saying. And it's probably why he has so many girlfriends, because they can buy into what he's saying. But, Porn star, Jimmy! <laughs> but as He could say anything, right, man. Like you and saw, he's going to have girlfriends. You saw the cheerleaders on the Golden State Warriors. They didn't go to McCaffrey and Kittle. They went right to Jimmy. Now, he's a quarterback and he's a handsome guy, but it's something about him. It, it's the, the unquantifiable it factor that... Maybe it's the inspiration he can give to his teammates. But this locker room, and I mean loves Jimmy Garoppolo. After Lance got hurt, what did they say? There were some unnamed players saying, we're a better team now. No knock on Lance, no. but we have a better quarterback now. Because they thought he should have been the guy all along. And it's not a knock on Lance at all, but this team right now, something should be said about whether it's politics or a you know, player on a team, a coach. When you get a collective to buy in, it's more powerful than sometimes your skill. And Jimmy Garoppolo has that. Good stuff, Sterling. You know, someone on the text line's asking if we could hang out until 9 o'clock. You can. I can. can. I'll be here all day. Yeah, I know. You (laughs) live here. So, (laughs) hey, Sterling, I really enjoyed it, man. Awesome stuff. Really good points. Really good show. I hope we get a chance to do it again. John, good job, my man. Uh, on the drums and, and on the board there today, my man John. For Sterling, for John, this is Dan Avone. Until next time, saying I hope everybody enjoyed it. 13 nothing Niners win it, and we'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.